Welcome to Rebuilding Rob, the podcast, the show where we are in the relentless pursuit of building a more perfect man. My name is Rob. I am your host and your favorite blogger turned podcaster. On today's episode, we are going to answer the question, what is the greatest gift that one could give me? So before I get into this next segment, I do need to apologize a little bit in advance here. You might hear the heat running behind me. Just to let you know, it is a balmy 7 degrees right now in my neck of the woods, even though it is a comfortable 68 degrees right here in the Batcave. So, earlier I was telling you about the redneck, and now I want to switch gears and tell you a story about Jessica. For those of you who read my blog, you may have heard the name Jessica before, and no, that is not her real name. That is an alias, as I use aliases all throughout my blog. Jessica was the last serious relationship I was in. Steady date slash girlfriend, whatever you want to call her. Uh, She was the last, I guess, special person in my life. We actually broke up a little over a year ago. And it's funny, because even though it was that long ago, I still think about her a lot to this day. And I'll get to that in a couple of minutes. But the point of today's podcast was talking about the greatest gift someone could give you, and I had said that it is loyalty. Well, Jessica and I were doing our thing, and we had planned to make a trip down to Florida in the fall. This was little over a year ago now. Anyway, her parents had a place down in Florida, or they have a place down in Florida, and we basically just booked ourselves airline tickets, and we stayed at their house down there. They basically do the whole snowbird thing where they live up north during the warmer months and then go south for the winter. So we got into town just before they came back down for the winter season. Anyway, we had a good time. We had fun. We kind of saw the town and everything. And when we came home, this is where things went south, literally. And in fact, uh, this was what led to her and I breaking up. The way the trip had gone, I was working, and we left on, I think it was a Wednesday. So I drove from work out to the airport. She had gotten a ride from her father. She had gotten dropped off at the airport. So the plan was, is once we got back into town, we were going to drive back to her place together in my car. Well, I was a little bit of a slob, I guess, and I had forgotten or didn't realize that I had had Kid 2 in the car the day before, and he left some food from McDonald's in the back seat of my car. It's one thing if it's sitting back there overnight, maybe going on 24 hours. After all, it is processed fast food. But when a week goes by and the car is sitting in a parking structure and that food is sitting in there, it starts to smell. So as we're getting off the plane, coming back into Michigan, and I keep in mind I didn't know about the food in the car at this point, but we're getting back into town She's already in kind of a shitty mood. Cramps, you know, the flight, blah, blah, blah. And 
we go to get in my car and she sets like one foot in my car and she's like, oh my God, I can't sit in here. This, this smells, it's disgusting. And me personally, I have no nose, basically. I tell people, I think I can identify, well, strike that. I think I can smell things. I think I can't actually identify what they are. Maybe that's something I was just never really taught to do as a kid. In any event, I feel like I have no sense of smell. So I've had things sitting literally rotting at my feet, and I had to have someone tell me, Rob, there's something smelly at your feet. That's gross, before I even took note of it. So I'm like, well, we could try to roll the windows down. And she was like, no. She's like, I'm going to call an Uber. And she immediately whips out her cell phone, not like 30 seconds after making this realization that the car smelled bad. And, you know, yeah, shame on me for having something left over in my car that ended up smelling. But I guess there is a part of me, the maybe this is the romantic, maybe the sentimental person. You know, at that point, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, it would be kind of funny if we made the 45-minute trip back to her house and we had to roll the windows down because the car stank. And it's the kind of story that we would we would laugh at years from now, you know. Oh, I remember that time we had to drive with the windows down. It was cold because the car stank. But I wasn't even thinking of that at that moment. And she was already trying to get an Uber. We're inside a parking structure, mind you. And so her phone's not getting a signal. So finally, she steps outside of the parking structure and she calls her neighbor, who happens to be her best friend who lives about four houses down from her. So the plan at that point is the neighbor is actually going to go pick up Jessica's car and drive out to the airport to pick up Jessica, and then I'm just going to drive home. Now, another thing to keep in mind with this whole strategy was Jessica and I were going to leave the airport together, and I was going to drive back to Jessica's house, and we were going to stay the night there. So that's out at this point. We're not staying the night together. And... Jessica's even telling me, she's like, you don't have to stay here. My friend's on her way. You don't have to stay. And I'm, I'm a classy guy. I'm a respectable guy. I'm not going to leave a woman sitting there alone at a parking structure in the middle of the night in that part of town. So I sat there and I waited with her. And, you know, to her friend's credit, she was there probably within a half hour, maybe less. But it was awkward. We didn't talk a lot. We weren't like not talking, but we weren't going out of our way to have conversation. In that moment, I felt like we were already done, like we were breaking up. It was just one of those awkward, prolonged silences where the two people are sitting there and you just know it's done. I mean, even in the moment, I was thinking that. This isn't just me saying it in hindsight. So she gets into her car, and I get into my car, and we drove off. And as I'm driving home that night, part of my drive takes me through uh, Detroit. And for those of you who don't know, Detroit is a little bit of a rough city. So as I'm making this drive back, I'm thinking to myself, you know, what if it wasn't the smell of my car? But let's say, God forbid that we were making the drive and my car broke down 
let's say it didn't even happen on this night. Let's say it happened on another night, any other night of the year, and my car broke down. And let's say it wasn't a battery. Let's say it broke down in the middle of downtown Detroit. Would she have called her friend to get her out of there? Would she have bailed on me then, too? I think that she would have. And for me, not only was it the fact that I thought she would have, but the fact that I was even asking myself that question, the fact that I even had that doubt enter my mind, got me thinking, this ain't working. This is not going to go. So... The next day I talked to her and, you know, I told her I was, I was kind of upset about things. I was kind of upset about the way things went down and she wanted, she wanted to see me that weekend. Apparently her, her aunt was in town and she wanted me to come out and see her aunt who was in from California or something. And she's like, I only see this aunt of mine every two, three years and I really want you to meet her. And I really didn't want to go. I was... I was feeling weird at that point. I just felt, I felt icky, you know. I eventually agreed to it. And, I mean, it went fine. But things just weren't really there. I mean, I was angry. I didn't want to engage in small talk with her. And to anyone who actually knows me in the real world, I can small talk my way through anything. I can find the stupidest shit to talk about and just to strike up a conversation. And I didn't want to do it. I didn't even want to engage in any conversation with her. And so I had told her. I said to Jessica, I'm like, look, I'm not happy about what happened the other night. And I, I think she was really taken aback by it. You know, she was like, well, no, I would never do that to you. Of course. And it was interesting because when it did happen, even she even told me after the fact that she explained what went on to her parents and her parents were like, Jessica, you totally blew this out of proportion. And I think she did. I know she did. She wouldn't admit to it. Her parents told her, and she even acknowledged the fact that her parents told her that. Which got me thinking that she was very close to saying, yeah, you know what, I blew this out of proportion. I'm sorry. But I had just told her at that point, I was like, I need to step back a little. I need a little time. I need to just think about some things. So I did. And about two or three days later, I just finally called her back up and I just said, hey, look, I'm, I'm done. I can't do this. She had offered to remain friends and she even used the phrase friends with benefits to me. And to this day, I've never had or ever had any other person actually suggest being friends with benefits to me. And I was kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever. But at that point, I, I was still angry and I didn't want to talk to her. So we didn't really talk. So I think there's a couple more things I need to mention here about this breakup with Jessica. She was the first person who I have ever really definitively, defiantly, declaratively broken up with. I've broken up with other people, 
kind of him hawing, half-assing my way through it because I've always been kind of a non-confrontational person. But that's something I've been working on for the last couple of years is trying to be more assertive. And Jessica was really the first person ever who I said, okay, I want to break up with you. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And as I said, I had had other relationships that ended. But in most of those cases, it was either the other person saying to me, I want to break up, or I want a divorce, or I want off this merry-go-round, whatever they said. And usually I was just like, okay. I mean, I went along with it. I knew we were done. I think in some of those cases, though, it was like I knew we were done, but I was not at a point mentally where I was comfortable enough or strong enough to say it. And I have had a couple of relationships where I've kind of talked my way out of shit. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm a horrible person or whatever, but on a couple instances, I think I've talked my partner into staying with me or giving me another chance at least. And again, I wasn't doing that here. I was the one who initiated the breakup. And... You know, as I mentioned, obviously, I still think about her a lot over a year later. And something has occurred to me. The terrible truth about relationships is that it's easier sometimes to be the dumpy than it is to be the dumper. Now sit on that thought for a moment and just think about it. When you're the person getting dumped... It's kind of out of your hands. You know, yeah, you could try to beg the person to stay with you or give you another chance, or maybe you can even persuade them to stay with you. But if someone decides that they don't want to be with you, they have decided they are done. That's kind of out of your hands at that point. There's really nothing else you can do. Sure, we're all going to look back and think to ourselves, what could I have done differently? How should I have done this? What could I have done there? But ultimately, it's out of your hands. The other person decided that they're finished. On the other hand, when you are the dumper, when you initiate it, you do second-guess yourself. Doubt does creep into your head. And it took me a little while. It really did. It took me probably a few weeks, maybe a couple months even, before I really started thinking to myself, oh, maybe I shouldn't have broken up with her. Don't get me wrong. I think it was the right decision. I know at that time it was the right decision. There were other things going on in our relationship that I knew it wasn't going to work. I had even told her before we had got had some discussions, and I had said to her at times, I think what I said, I'm trying to remember my exact verbiage here, but I think I said, sometimes I feel like you love me more for what you think you can turn me into as opposed to the person I really am. I felt like she wanted someone to just, oh, let's go do this, let's go do that, let's go do this, let's do what I want, let's watch what I want, let's eat what I want, let's raise the kids the way that I want. And I'm not really for that. Also, Jessica was 13 years younger than me. I have never dated anybody with that big of an age difference in my life. I mean, historically, most of the people I've dated have been younger than me. 
a year, two, five maybe. But 13 years is a lot. Still, having said that, I mean, we had our good times, but I felt like she wasn't really interested in who I was or the things that drive me or the things that I am passionate about, the things that get me out of bed in the morning. So that was definitely an issue. But sometimes I still wonder. Uh, I didn't mention this earlier, but Jessica's family has money. They own a local business who I had pretty much heard of growing up in this town where I live. I'd heard of that business pretty much my entire life. And at one point, we had been together for a couple of weeks. And she had told me under no uncertain terms. She said, when my parents passed, she's like, I'm probably going to inherit somewhere between two to three million dollars in assets and in cash. And people talk about that kind of stuff all the time. People dream about getting into a relationship with somebody who's rich. And yeah, there's probably people who are listening to this right now saying, dude, why did you walk away from that? Because I wasn't happy. Now, if I was younger, maybe it'd be a little bit different. If I hadn't been through a divorce myself, maybe it'd be a little bit different. If I hadn't been through my divorce and the end of my long-term relationship with X2, maybe it would be different again still. But I'm kind of at the age where I've done this shit too many times and I've made too many sacrifices in my life. Too many compromises. And I mean compromise with the big C where you really are betraying who you are and sacrificing who you are. Not the compromise with the little C where it's the she wants to watch the rom-com, I want to watch the action movie, so we'll watch the rom-com. I just couldn't do it anymore. But I do still think about it sometimes. I wonder if it was the right decision. I know that it was. And maybe it's just the sci-fi fanboy in me always thinking about what-if scenarios, thinking about alternate universes, that kind of thing. Wondering what things would have been like if I did things just a little bit differently. But sometimes I don't think it's... But I'm at something of a weird point in my life, truth be told. I don't really have a lot of friends. And I'm not saying that like in a woe is me kind of way. I mean, I have work colleagues that I talk to. I've got loads of people I talk to on social media. But as far as people who I actually hang out with on any sort of routine basis, even once every couple of weeks, no, I really don't have friends like that at this point. And that's just the way it is. I mean, I think back to when my parents were my age, and I don't feel like they had friends that they went out with. You know, I see people my age, people I went to high school with, who will still post photos on social media when they're out with their friends and things like that. <clears throat> Obviously, they don't do that as much as they used to because they have kids now, but they still do it. But I'm not like that. 
And I don't know that I need friends like that at this point. I don't know that I even need a relationship in my life at this point. I think what I need is a dog. I talk about loyalty, and what I'm looking for is that kind of loyalty that a dog has towards its owner. You know how dogs are. As long as you feed them and love them and take good care of them, they would walk through fire for you. They would take a bullet for you. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's not so much that I need that kind of loyalty. Maybe I just need a dog. I'd like to thank you again for stopping in this week and listening to me rant a bit. I know that you have a lot of podcasting options available to you out there on the interwebs, so I want to thank you for spending these last 20 or 30 minutes here with me. Coming up next week, we're going to take another look at one of my more recent, more popular blog postings. But who knows, I may do something like I did in the middle of this past week where I go guerrilla radio style and just drop a bonus episode with a little fanfare. But in the meantime, you can continue to check me out here on Spotify Podcasts. I am also available on Amazon Music and Google Podcasts as well. Likewise, you can hit me up on social media. I am available on Facebook, on X, on Instagram, and on threads at Rebuilding Rob. So thanks again for listening to Rebuilding Rob, the podcast, and I will catch up with you later.